0: Let's Talk, a podcast where migrant women discuss mental health.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Akidwa and kindly funded by Bank of Ireland. Join us in our four-episode series where we discuss our experiences navigating the migrant status in the workplace, seeking asylum, being a mother, and in terms of access to mental health. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode four of the Let's Talk podcast. Today I have with me Shakya who is our expert PhD researcher in psychology. I have Samantha who I've been calling Sami <laughs> with her license who is our communications expert and Memuna who is our house of talent and a student looking to find what she actually wants to do. I wish I was back there and I'm not stuck with what I chose to do. <laughs> and, and of course this is me your host Sharon I'm a human trafficking expert and a human rights lawyer. So today's episode is titled, Give Me Therapy or Give Me Death. And I'm going to just start by saying like nine times out of 10, or maybe 8.5 times out of 10, when we're talking about mental health and getting down into it, we're always trying to identify like trauma that happened to us in our childhood. And somehow everyone seems to be blaming their parents. And I'm just like, I'm even not even ready to be a parent yet because I'm still busy blaming mine and I don't want to be blamed. <laughs>
2: Same girls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, like, first off, I'm gonna go off to you, Shacks, with your beautiful degree in psychology. Why do we keep blaming our parents? Like, what is the issue with childhood? And do you actually think it's the all-in-all all? Are the other issues? Is it the central issues?
2: Um, I don't think it's necessarily blaming parents, mm. but a lot of issues do stem from your childhood and the way that you were raised and that kind of stuff and how your parents like interacted with you, that kind of stuff. And I, I don't necessarily think it's like the central issue or like, you know, it depends on each person. Um, but even in the most, like in the healthiest parent-child relationships, there tend to be some issues because nobody can be a perfect parent. Mm-hmm. There's always, you know, you can read all the parenting books that you want, but there's always a level of uncertainty. You're always going to make some mistakes. And like, you know, as a parent, you hope that you minimize the amount of mistakes you make so you know there's always that potential you know some parents um end up kind of having i mentioned this in episode one but they end up kind of having a lot of trauma that they like pass on to their children um through generational trauma just because they haven't processed it themselves um and that tends to happen in a lot of immigrant families um just because of the trauma of migration and, like, the struggles that they have to endure in their journey. post-country, like, oh, their new post. their new country, their yeah. journey. And, you know, depending on the reason for immigration, like, you know, if they are seeking asylum or fleeing, like, the trauma from their, like, country of origin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they're so— because, like, a lot of their lives are focused on kind of surviving and, like, building a new life— there isn't really space to process the trauma on top of that there are like cultural factors that might make it taboo to like discuss mental health issues at all. So then that kind of might end up being passed on to the children, you know, with maybe like the parents kind of bottling up emotions, not really accepting their children, um, showing negative emotions about their mental health, that kind of stuff. And then when the children grow up, they kind of repeat the same patterns of coping of like bottling up emotions not really having the space to process it because they don't know how they were never kind of modeled that growing Mm -hmm. up and I guess the reason a lot of people um, cite like stuff in their childhood as like the trigger for a lot of mental health stuff is that just because like you're that's like the main kind of period of development um, Mm -hmm. where you kind of shape a lot of your behaviors and patterns of thinking and cognition. So you know, once you're into adulthood, those patterns are like autumn are unconsciously Normal, yeah. formed already. So mm-hmm. you don't necessarily. And then when you reach adulthood, you might start to like realize, like, oh, I'm reacting the same way that my parents react to this, and like, I don't want to like continue that, doing that. You know, I feel so, like you're
1: reading yeah. my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm mean, like, you're reading my life with my relationship. <laughs> I, feel,
0: yeah, I feel that in a way, I don't know if I blame my parents for any trauma or something. Um, I kind of blame them for other things like, you didn't teach me this and that. Yeah. And you know, how to navigate in this, uh, on being an adult, really. And I faced that when I came to Ireland, it's just like, I don't even know how to do, you know, basic things like I don't know cooking a great mm-hmm. meal or something like mm-hmm. that. That I feel that I will maybe pass those things to my to my children mm-hmm. because I feel that is you need these skills to survive. And I feel that like my parents were uh, they were very kind and they were focusing to. I'll do it for you. This is done. But I didn't learn it how to do it. So when you are facing this world by yourself, it's just like it's very, it gets very challenging. Maybe in a way, because I don't have uh, my parents to blame because I have a great childhood. And I mm-hmm. believe you guys also have w- a good one. Um, it's just trying to kind of like trying to find someone to blame. Um, <laughs> and I, I feel that that's also maybe challenging when you don't have someone to blame, because I think the the issue that, maybe comes you be see, like is it me it, <laughs> is it me you know no My but man. I guess like there isn't
2: us. really it's not very useful to like blame people because like mm. sure you can identify like it's not useful for your own healing yeah. mm. to like blame somebody it because it's like okay you can like identify someone who like hurt you but like now what you know More, like yeah. knowing fixating on that and being like oh like I hate them because they did this this and this isn't gonna help you like overcome it mm. so while well, it's good like and and I know I do I like I've done this with my parents as well cuz like of course they've made mistakes too and like I've told them like hey listen like this stuff that you've done or like this stuff that you did in my childhood like really impacted me First negatively. Off, how yeah. did they take it? Because they're not good. They know like they, they were, realize they that. It. Like they were Survivor fine with like I mean they're not fine with it. My mom is a bit more like will not apologize and yeah. like very defensive. But my dad definitely like yeah. knows that like these are yeah. mistakes like that have really impacted my mental health. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, like, I want you to know that these are things that you did. Like, the, my, like, depression and my anxiety is, like, not just something that, like, I randomly, like, started having. Like, mm-hmm. this has been, like, a thing since childhood because of these specific things that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, it's it brings a level of closure to, like, let the person know that. But then after that, there's not like, at least in my personal journey as well, there wasn't really a point of like fixating on the like, oh, like my parents did this and like, that's why I'm depressed. Like, like, yeah, they know that now and they like accept it and like have taken accountability for it. And that's, that's kind of all you can expect from them as well. Beyond that, it's like, I don't like, how is focusing on that going to help me? Be- become better. Yeah. You know, like, yeah
0: um, definitely. Yeah. Be- and I feel that in a way you when you grow up and you of course are facing this adult being an adult and this world by yourself. I think you also realize that your parents in a way did they op- did de- de- okay for the situation yeah. that they were. Yeah. Like, for example, you know, I realized after I was older that maybe my parents didn't have a full degree, so they really navigated into uh, just finding the best job and they didn't have the qualifications to do that job or, you know, it, it, I realized that they were like in a very challenging position and actually they did a great job as well. Yeah. So you realize that after, you know. Some of
2: the resentment kind of fades away as yeah, well when definitely. you grow
0: up when you learn more about them as well yeah
2: it's kind of like oh like i realized like they were you know they it wasn't just me moving from country to country like they also had to move country Mm. to country like their experience of that was completely different from my experience of like migrating and like you know imagine having to do that all of a sudden in your adulthood when you've spent your entire lives in like one country Whereas for me, it was like I was mm. doing it during childhood. I could adapt to things much mm. more easily. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, maybe your parents were, um they were not having many friends and they exactly. were exactly now. As I well. realize yeah. that. But like, there's a lot of times like you know
2: when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. maybe that I was like, oh, like why do you are you, mad like, behave scene? this way or like whatever. But like now you understand it. Yeah, and I, and think I just want to as well.
1: Like even what you're saying about your parents moving, like even that is affecting how they're parenting you because like migrant parenting. As migrant, they're probably, well, they wouldn't say that they're definitely, but, but I'm, I'm sure it does influence in a way how they parent, parents, just the issues they have to face themselves as being different and yeah, other. Yeah, and
2: I, de- you know, when I was like a child, I didn't realize like, oh, maybe it's not just me having to like deal with people making weird or racist like mm-hmm. assumptions about me in my school. Like they probably had to deal with that too, mm. like from other adults. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's like, OK, like kind of having compassion for them now, realizing like what they probably
0: went through as well. Yeah. And actually, everything like all that happening in the times that they were also living, because now everything is talking about yeah. acceptance. Yeah. About it's that, an easier
1: time to be a migrant. Diversity <laughs> or yeah.
0: a, yeah. I think in a way, in some places, it's easier to be any other type of gender, any other uh, type of community, but... In the times that our parents were living, it was it was, it was very hard. Yeah. Mm. I suppose it was more challenging that yeah. now it's getting more friendly. We're getting there. But yeah, but yeah I understand so many things now.
1: And that, like, you know, when you're saying yeah. like, the reason for, let's not use blame because our expert doesn't appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> the reason for um, holding on, like identifying childhood as the source is because that's where we're developing. So now that we're here, like, can we underdevelop the developed? Like if we're saying even identifying what caused the trauma is not sufficient to helping to heal the trauma, then how can we heal the trauma? Like, does there, can therapy heal you?
2: It can, um, you know, at least to a certain extent, depending on what you're trying to be healed from and, like, your openness to, like, changing your behaviors. Yes, that's the most important, like, that's the most, like, prevalent thing. Like, you can change your patterns of thinking and your behaviors and, like, how you react to things. It requires a lot of, like, active, like, involvement from you, Mm. Um, which is why like you would work with a therapist to do it. But yeah, like you can unlearn. Like the first step of that is identifying why you're behaving the way you do or like why you're thinking these things, you know? Why do you, like if you have like social anxiety, why you're thinking that like all these people are judging me like when you walk outside or something. Mm. So identifying that is the first step of like healing. Like, oh, maybe like you're, mom constantly told you when you were a child that like, oh, like, make sure you're always, you know, dressed, dressed like beautifully or like whatever, because everybody around you will like judge you for that. Like, even though that's obviously not true. Like, (laughs) if you were conditioned to think that way since childhood, that might be contributing to it. So once you know that, like, it's easier to unlearn the patterns that you have. So this therapy Is it the actual talking or like are there tools? Because like... There are tools depending on like which modality you use. Like um, I'm only like trained in CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And like Mm -hmm. that is basically about kind of um, using tools that are kind of empirically validated to change your patterns of thinking. thinking. You you would do like exercises in therapy and like Mm. you'd have um, kind of quote-unquote assignments outside of therapy as well. So like... Mm if you are having a lot of anxious thoughts, like one exercise might be like writing them, writing each thought down on a small piece of paper and like putting it in a jar and closing the lid and like not thinking about it until a designated time. So that kind of helps contain the anxiety so it doesn't, you're not constantly anxious throughout the day. You just like, are like, okay, at 8 p.m. I'm gonna like, Open the box and Release like think about these the thoughts. anxieties. But I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, think about them until then. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of helps with, like, <laughs> wow. helping you function throughout the day so that you're not crippled and, like, paralyzed by the anxiety during the day. Mm-hmm. You know that, like, you will have time to think about them and be anxious about them later.
1: But then, as a migrant,
2: <laughs> might therapy be
1: able to help as much? Therapy as it exists and... What do you reckon might be something that might actually help? Like, what would you like to see? Personally, I
3: would like to know here that um, everybody faces what I'm facing. That's the big thing for me because, like, sometimes when I'm talking, and I know, like, you're you're trying to make me feel like not too different, and you're trying to say like to reduce the effect of my problem, but I would rather not hear. Someone telling me that
1: it's a common problem. Yeah. I think, like, just having more therapists from a migrant background will really help. And also, sorry,
2: just to also Mm -hmm. say that, like, I don't think current therapeutic modalities are serving, like, people of color and, like, people from developing countries or, like, people from outside of, like, the Western kind Mm -hmm. of sphere, um, therapy currently is very individualistic um, and there's a lot of like from actual practicing therapists as well um, you know a lot of criticism about like how we think of therapy today um, so there you know definitely needs to be kind of dismantled and like rethought of with people of color at the center yeah, as well get diversity into therapy yeah like yeah. J- not. I'm, I'm saying that just because like n- it's not just having like more therapists of color like, that's gonna
0: like help but like just actually rebuilding the the, the system Mm -hmm. therapy needs to happen I suppose the understanding also that these people will have of whatever experience you're talking to them it's Mm -hmm. just like yeah they can maybe advise you better if they they are aware of what's happening or yeah or if they know more about your your background or some sort of idea of what you're dealing with
2: no but even even the actual like techniques and stuff themselves Mm -hmm. like CBT was not Created um, with people of color taken into account. Like it was based on like most most like research in psychology and science in general. It's based on like a very small like white minority population. Or the, and then it's supposed call, to be applied to like the rest
0: of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even what we call the first world problems. You know, like maybe it's very focused into, into those issues as well. Yeah, so. exactly. And then
2: you can't really apply those systems and stuff to like people in like very severe kind of social situations um, where like obviously you're not going to like have time to sit there and like meditate on your situation. Um, But yeah, that's the main thing that needs to be like changed about it. So we need to revamp. (laughs) Revamp. Yeah, revamp
1: the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And I just want to be able to identify like in Ireland supports that they are. I was talking the other day Actually, about um, signing up for BetterHelp, which is an online kind of service, or mental health service and therapy service. But then I hear from some of my guests that it might not have been the best decision, that <laughs> I've already gone with it. So we'll see you can how try it, goes. it out
2: for sure, but just be careful because I've heard from a lot of people at BetterHelp, like they don't necessarily vet their therapists properly really? uh-huh. and like. They allow—like, there's a lot of unethical behavior from therapists have been reported by people. Yeah, it's just a bit, like, shady. I'll just be like, there's <laughs> so, <laughs> a, few, a few bad apples. I know. Yeah, just be careful of that, you yeah. know? I what think, would you recommend, though? Uh, I, I would always recommend, like, face-to-face therapy mm. over, like, online therapy. Thanks. But in the absence of that— um, like if you are studying to maybe try to go see the counseling service of mm. your university. Um, there, there are a lot of problems with that too. Just because it's like understaffing. And like mm. again there's never enough like ethnic or socioeconomic diversity in, in those um, services anyway. Well, that's free isn't it? Huh? The counseling. For sure. Yeah so the main oh. thing about that is like university counseling is free for students. Oh, I didn't even know that I'm a student. Like, so if, if you're a student, roses, yeah. Students, um, if so. you're not, then there's kind of, you know, they have, there's emergency helplines. Okay. There's this thing called Turn to Me, which one of my colleagues at Akidwa alerted me to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a text based service, I think. Oh, wow. And it's yeah. anonymous, completely anonymous. Yeah. That would be cool um, for when I need to vent. Yeah. That would be Turn to yeah, Me. Yeah, exactly. There's Turn yeah. to Me, um, Samaritans, there's LGBT Ireland mm. also has stuff um yeah places like enable ireland um which is a mental health charity do like support groups and stuff as well um so those could be helpful support groups are more easily available than like individual Mm. therapy um so if you are kind of thinking about like mental health stuff but are not in a very severe situation i would recommend those if you're willing to talk about your problems with like other people in the group or other people in the room
1: what are the barriers that like we can identify? Because I'm already thinking of one. <laughs> um, that by just being a migrant exist in terms of access and therapy. Like for me, it'd really be the stigma. Like I said, you know, in a previous episode, just about how like mental health and therapy was just seen like, oh, as the white people's problem, they don't have enough actual real economic mm-hmm. problems. So like they can get to focus on things like maybe how they're feeling. They they can get to focus on their feeling. So like in our own community. And to be honest, like, did I know on t- up till today that maybe I might have wanted to see a therapist? I did, but there was a little bit of like, I don't know, um, I don't know if it's shaming in my own mind or like um, mm. I'm avoiding it because in my head it's extreme. It's like, oh, I'm not there. Like, it's not that deep. Like, I'm functioning. I've done all this. Like, mm. I'm a good at all. Like, I don't think I need this. I don't. Do I need therapy? So the idea that uh, someone says, "Do you need therapy?" is kind of like a jab in a mm. way. And that's really coming from my, my own culture and what we understand therapy
0: as. So that's definitely a barrier. It's stopped me for all the 20-something years of my life from yeah. therapy. And I suppose, like, is that in a way? And then I have, like, this diffi- like this family difficulty of maybe telling my mom or my dad that I am attending to therapy. I can't. I can't even tell them. I think I, I, I wouldn't. Can't, yeah, I will yeah, I avoid that yeah. for sure. Like, they will not get it at yes, all. Like, and won't. again, because I understand that they are coming from a different, different yes. background, they just don't understand about yeah. these things. And um, so that's challenging in, in terms of like family and my clothes bubble there. I yeah. feel that it's just like, this is very strange. So I can.
1: I you can, want can your parents to be proud of you. Yeah. I know. Like, you know. want your
0: parents to be proud of you. Yeah, definitely. But I wouldn't. Um, but then just talking about other challenge and I think a barrier, it will be something that I have experienced. It's maybe that it, it's just the income and all that, mm-hmm. the cost. That's, expensive. That that's another. thing. <laughs> yeah. And going to therapy because fine, maybe you are very keen to go to therapy, but you don't have really like the, even the better help. I found it very expensive and I haven't tried yeah, it. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's expensive. So maybe I am right now in that situation like, okay, I this is very expensive, what should I do? Mm.
2: Yeah, no, that is a very serious issue. Like, around the world, um, specifically in Ireland, too, there's not enough therapists who are trained every year. And there's a huge demand. Mm. Um, And we've seen in Akidwa, like, you know, we try to refer our clients to um, counseling services, but, like, every single counselor or service that we've, you know, been able to collaborate with now has like wait lists upon wait lists Mm -hmm. and we just can't get them. And like people are trying their best to like provide these services, but there just aren't, it's like a whole, like I go into a whole like a podcast about this, but the systemic (laughs) issue of like not enough funding into mental health and psychology as a field. And like that leads to like programs not being able to offer spots to psychology like people interested in becoming counselors basically Hmm. and then you have like very few counselors psychologists graduating and qualifying then you know there's not enough for people it's it's doctoral um yeah basically you have to like have a doctoral qualification um otherwise you'd be an assistant psychologist forever which also doesn't pay very much but yeah so for asylum seekers and refugees specifically it's really Hmm. bad to um Uh, Yeah there's just like because a lot of them come in with like understandably very like serious Mm like um, needs like very urgent needs that have to be like addressed immediately. And that has like a knock-on effect on their asylum applications like the way they present themselves maybe to the interviewers and stuff as well that might be taken in a negative way when like they don't consider the fact that maybe people are having like struggling with mental health right now and just kind of use it as a ding against their applications yeah. which is horrible.
3: Yeah. Can I just say that like
2: um since
3: like therapy is a it's not something that you do once and everything is sorted mm. like it's something that people tend to need over time or like across the lifetime I don't know how to put that. It makes it difficult like in talking about accessing like it makes it kind of difficult to access or put yourself forward for services when You've spoken about your issue with one person and then the next time is another person. Yeah. And then there's... I have experiences too.
2: Yeah. It's exhausting it's to like a...
0: retell your story every time. Yeah. So you're meeting like in a way, you are meeting a stranger every time and you need to tell yeah. them your That's story. The big ask, yeah. So wow, well, yeah. Okay.
1: I'm gonna wrap off this heavy session and I'm gonna say, States, please fund more. Mental health or like therapy, psychology, psychology <laughs> degrees. And please, people, have the ginger. Ginger is something that is an African slang. That means like have the passion or like be excited about it. So I'm going to say have the ginger to study therapy. Please, we please. need <laughs> more therapy. <laughs> please. Yeah. We need more therapy. Very please. in demand yeah. and lucrative career. <laughs> well, <laughs> nobody is actually willing to pay even from this podcast. <laughs> but um, Yeah, thank you all for coming as always. Um, I really appreciated the chats. I know this is the roundup for us, our series on mental health. I thank you for acknowledging or, you know, seeing this as a safe space and sharing. I'm really appreciative of that. And to our listeners, I thank you for listening. And I just want to get final goodbyes from all of the guests here. So I'm going to start this way with Mimouna. Go on. Okay. You just
3: put me on the (laughs) spot. But I'm just, I have nothing to say, but Thanks for listening and thank you for inviting me to, like, I'll take this as, an opportunity to vent and kind of like my therapy session
0: so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. thanks for listening uh, yeah thank you guys um, it was a pleasure and thank you guys for for having us Sharon for being a great host um, <laughs> but yeah hopefully uh, we can keep doing this uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, just talk more about mental health Let's that is so that so much needed yes. yeah thank you
2: yeah thanks for having me as well not often that I get to talk about mental health stuff as a migrant woman so Mm -hmm. yeah very happy to see where this goes hopefully we'll get more episodes amen (laughs) thank you okay
1: thank you guys so much for listening we thought i'm gonna say bye please let's keep the conversation going migrants on mental health thank you so much bye Bye bye-bye that's all folks thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed our session join us for more episodes on mental health and please note that this podcast was brought to you by akiva kindly sponsored by the bank of ireland until next time take care and have a good day and please take care of your mental
2: health